you seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Right now in Fast, shaking it off from industrials to housing names to, end, to high-end retail, why a host of stocks and sectors are shrugging off rising rates and rocketing to record highs. We'll break down this somewhat head-scratching trend, plus obesity overload. Investors have been fattening up on shares of Lilly and Novo Nordisk, but will new scrutiny of their weight loss drugs bring those stocks back to earth? We'll debate that. And later, streaming higher thanks to shopping from your couch, an upgrade raising the value of one real estate stock, and the Barbie effect. Yep, one of our traders says it's a thing. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Fast Money. We're live from the Nasdaq market site on the desk tonight. Tim Seymour, Karen Fireman, Guy Dami, and with us for the hour tonight, Katie Stockton, the founder of Fair Leave Strategies. Welcome, Katie. Thank you. And we start off with the Prime Day Palooza. The 48-hour sale event is currently underway. Prices may be down for shoppers, but shares are up for Amazon investors and a rising tide lifting a bunch of retail boats today. Etsy, Nordstrom, Gap, Kohl's, Chewy, all seeing green on the street. This strength comes as we await a key read on inflation due out tomorrow morning. Consumer prices expected to grow at the slowest pace since March 2021. But will that be enough to keep shoppers spending? You know, what's interesting is that prices have gone higher for a lot of goods, and so we are seeing discounts, but off of a different kind of base, Guy. No, no doubt about it. And your answer to your question is, as long as nothing breaks, and when I say breaks, it's typically the stock market, consumers will spend. And it's not to suggest everybody owns stocks, but the market goes up every day. People feel better about things. The economy must be good. I can go out there and spend regardless of whether or not I should be. We say it all the time. Never underestimate the U.S. consumers want to spend. Some of these retailers have done extraordinarily well. We talk about TJ Maxx, I think Karen brings it up. That stock's made an all-time high, I think, late last week, earlier this week, continues to trade higher in earnings in August. Then the flip side of the coin is... Target. Re- exactly. Mm-hmm. Retailers that can't figure it out. So Target. So you have to... You can't just sort of paint with a broad brush here. Right. You actually have to pick the right companies. But is Amazon the right kind of retailer for this day and age, Karen? Well, we, we don't know what the real value of the retail business is, right? They spend so much money to build up that business, and it seems like anytime they want, they can take that spend down, and we can see real operating margins as opposed to the really thin ones here. But um, it's, it's just so dominating. It's hard. I mean, I'm sure they're going to come out with massive numbers. I don't even know that it's so much what Amazon does. It's what does it take away from everybody else, mm-hmm. you know? And so you talk about a target. I think a target is unfortunately not the beneficiary. And then with the consumer being a little bit strapped, you know, Walmart's food business is so much better for Walmart. So Target, which I do own, has been disappointing. I think that that higher good, the sort of higher margin goods that they sell are not really what's working right now. It's not just what they take, but also the pressure they put on the other retailers to come up with those sales and the pressure on margins that in turn puts on their competitors. Well, so what you're saying is that maybe it's really the the competition between them all that's maybe the most important thing. And if you think about where we're going to be for this year's Prime Day, uh, some of the numbers I'm reading is that the promotional kind of discount percentages are going to be pre-COVID level. In other words, they Mm -hmm. they were holding the line in Q1, and obviously there was a huge inventory correction that had to go through. A lot of that's happened, and and I think they're going to be aggressive, and I think some more aggressive than others. So um, it's, it's fascinating. In fact, you know, Katie probably has a view just on the relative output performance of what retail, I mean, retail, we're going to talk about industrials and FedEx, next block, and 
but, but retail's outperformed them all. Yeah, it's been outstanding, especially from Amazon, which had a very sort of distinct bullish reversal. And you talked about Target, too. Of course, that's a downtrend still. We still want to, as technicians, always go with the leaders, follow the momentum. And it's obviously behind Amazon, both in absolute and relative terms. So when you say it is behind Amazon, that means there's not much left to this stock rise at this point? No, meaning the momentum is The momentum behind is behind. Right. So it still has good momentum. Uh-huh. This rebalance news seems to have impacted it and the other mega caps to some degree short term. But I have a feeling that should give us an opportunity to add exposure right around earnings. Right. I mean, it's also got AI. Yes. You whispered that. <laughs> Hush tones. <laughs> because we're, we're, I mean, we're talking about Prime, but I mean, obviously, it's a beneficiary of a lot of other trends out there, including they know what we're the doing. cloud services. I mean, I'll tell you that. From AI. Especially you, Guy. I, I don't do anything, though, so it's pretty easy for them. <laughs> no, I mean, clear, but they've had it for seemingly forever. I mean, they yeah, were yeah. probably on the forefront of this. And Amazon, we had Jim Osmond on the show a month and a half, two months ago, and he talked about stocks potentially could split up. And I think Tim's talked about this as well. I mean, the breakup of value of Amazon here is probably really interesting. I'm not saying it's happening tomorrow, but I think with this little stealth rally, more and more people say, you know, maybe there's a chance that they spin out AWS. Maybe the sum of the parts just becomes an interesting story. And oh, by the way, maybe they have those tailwinds that Katie just said technically. Yeah, I was talking to somebody from Forrester Research this morning on Squawk Box, and she said she believed that North American Prime subscribers, that's basically saturated. Mm-hmm. So at this point, what does Amazon need to do, in your view, to move that needle on the retail side? I don't know really what they need to do there. I don't, I don't think they, they are pretty sort of saturated, yeah. right? I don't know how many subscribers there are. Raise the price. There's probably some, you know, inelasticity to raising the price in Prime, and that would just fall right to the bottom line. But, um, I mean, to me, it's more of the AI, the AI thing that has really moved Amazon and AWS is, I don't know how much of the value because we don't see it, but it's got to be most, if not more than all. And uh, we'll see if cloud can reaccelerate because it actually has been slowing. And I think with AI, there's a good chance that it reaccelerates. Oh, I own Amazon and I own Walmart and I own Amazon for different reasons than I own Walmart. I mean, I, in Walmart's, in other words, I own it for AWS. Uh, I'm not saying that Amazon's retail business is not something I'm interested in, and I do believe that uh, their ability to know what we're thinking and adjust very quickly makes them maybe most aggressive. But the one that I think is really pushing people on price is Walmart, and always has. And it's exciting that we've got their ex-CEO about to come on and talk to us, because to me, if you look at the year-over-year growth in e-commerce, and obviously this secular trend that we've been talking about for five years, and and like so many of those trends that were accelerated during COVID, I mean, Walmart's up 17.5% year-over-year on their e-commerce. The other ones aren't even close. Uh, You think about the investments Walmart's made into their digital business, into their e-commerce business. And those are things that, to me, are part of margin accretion story at Walmart. And, and part of why I think you can stay long this name and, and you know, I don't know, Katie, the momentum in that chart. I mean, yeah, Walmart, too. I mean, especially compared to Target. Right. There, there's a proper up trend there, has good momentum, good relative strength, especially for consumer staple stock. Yes. Is Target showing any signs of life? You know, the DeMarc indicators, there is a counter trend signal and they have been timely in the past. The implications are for about a two month counter trend move. We'll take what we can get. Yeah. It's interesting. If we could do a longer-term chart of Walmart to speak to this, we're up against levels we saw in the spring of 2022, this 158 level. I think it closed at 155 or so. So momentum is here. You get a close above that previous all-time high at 22 times earnings, which 
Sounds expensive, but it's probably not expensive in terms of what Walmart's been. This stock could actually accelerate in their earnings, I think, in the middle of August or so. What I'm hearing, though, from you guys, basically, is that Prime Day is nice and it's great, but it's not really going to move the needle in, your, in terms of your view on the stock. Right. Yeah. It's immaterial. $12 billion of GMV. Eh. Yeah, kind of. I mean, when you look at what is the margin on that, on that, right? Right. And relative to the overall size of the company, yeah, it's a eh. And everybody's... <laughs> Sorry, no, everybody's no, no, no. piggyback. I mean, this, this, is, this is not Amazon's day. This is everybody's day. Right. So, so Walmart's got their own sales. Target's got their own sales. Best and, Buy, and, Cole, and they're those yeah. people that, you know, Target actually doesn't charge people on their loyalty program. And so people are just kind of in. I think, you know, I mean, and this is going to be the best prime day since pre-COVID. So, you know, it's going to be up three, three and a half percent is what they're saying. But I don't think it moves the needle on Amazon. I think it's yeah. more, is this about retail? What's right. going on? I mean, and if you're a value conscious shopper, as many people out there are, you are trained to look for these sales. You know Prime Day is coming up. Oh, I've, so you're I've not going to buy your, let's say, phone chargers and pillow protectors last what week. You're going to wait for July 11th to 12th. What do you, what's the pillow I'm just, these are just examples of what things are, people what are you might buy. What are you protecting your do you, pillow from? Do you, I'm do, just curious. It <laughs> How would I know? Because <laughs> you're asleep. Clean. Oh, in the morning you wake up. No, no, it's clean. I would hate to know what a dirty pillow is. No, you like. brought it up. I didn't bring it up, It's Tim. just an example of what one might wait to buy, yeah, knowing I'm that a sale waiting. is around the corner. So, you know, how much is sort of pulled forward? How much is robbing Look it from the it. past in terms of those sales? That $12 billion, would that have been made? Would a portion of that have been made at other parts, at other times? Probably. Maybe at higher yes. margin. Wait, well, let me ask. Let's say Prime okay. Day's a bust. Do you think that would change the Amazon story? I don't know, really. yeah. but it, it, yeah. it, it, it will tell us something <laughs> possibly about back to school and about the holiday season. So, I mean, I think we're watching this for different reasons. And I think the consumer is doing is behaving differently now. We've heard this from all of them. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Walmart's benefiting on the merchandise mix change and, and targets suffering. And so, I mean, I think that's really what it comes down to. But um, I, I can't get over the, the pillow protector concept <laughs> with your guy. Are you I, telling me, okay, look at your pillows tonight when you go home. You know what? My wife, look, my, my wife and see if there's a She's absolutely it. disgusted at times. <laughs> you know, like, like the, the cut, you scratch in the middle of the night. And, you know, anyway. You know, <laughs> wow. Well, there's a lot of information. This one is going down yeah, the whole well, road, yeah, I don't anticipate. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I regret bringing You've that ruined, up for yeah, anyway, those of you eating dinner at home. Um, for more on Amazon and likely challenges ahead for retail, let's bring in Bill Simon, former Walmart U.S. CEO. He's now on the Darden Restaurants and Haynes Brands boards. Uh, Bill, great to see you. What will you be looking for out of this Prime Day? What are you looking for in terms of clues and what that tells you about Amazon or other retailers. Yeah, I think what we got is a really nice, good old-fashioned retail food fight like we hadn't seen before COVID. You know, we've got Prime Day, we got Walmart Week, we got Circle Weeks. Everybody's trying to, you know, deep discount and get the consumer to move. The consumer knows, as you guys were just talking, that this is the time for deals and the discounts are quite deep. I expect to see Amazon do uh, put up some real nice numbers. They've they're, they're not going to miss, their, their, at least their top line. They've got the algorithm to make sure uh, they get the sales out of it. I think what we really need to look at it are the margins and how they do uh, coming out of this from a margin perspective. You hear a lot of talk about downturns, Bill, and you're, you're, you're Haynes Brands, Darden, so you have your finger on the pulse here. Who is best positioned if the second half of the year we see this much-anticipated downturn in the economy? Yeah, you guys were just talking about it. Walmart's mix, it really gives them... Uh, you know, that food business gives them the traffic and the trip and the opportunity to sell general merchandise products uh, better than really anybody else, particularly Target. So I, I like Walmart in the back half. 
Bill, it's Karen. Thanks for being on. So what do you think, I know we can't break it out, but what do you think Amazon's margins are for the retail side of their business? Yeah, you know, they don't tell you. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the interesting part, right? You don't ever really get to figure that out. And you look at their earnings and you break it down and, you know, globally, they're probably breaking even um, on the retail business, making all their money on AWS and, and, and on advertising. And, and so I'm sure that there is a split up value. I think the whole thing only works together. When you see this food fight going on, Bill, who are you most concerned about in terms of, you know, feeling the real pressure as Amazon, you know, cuts their prices and they're forced to cut their prices, too, and also see margins dwindle? Well, I mean, I think the consumer is the big, the, you know, will, will be the biggest benefactor. You know, right now, we, we, as you guys were talking, Target's struggling. They're trying to find some traction. And uh, their, their choice is either lose the sale or lose the margin and, and, and keep the sale. And that'll be what I'm looking for right? to, see, to see how they handle that whole interaction. Are they going to go deep, deep, deep and, and keep the customer are they, and sacrifice margin? Or are they going to uh, you know, let the business go somewhere else? Bill, it's Tim. Take a step back and, and give us your thoughts on back to school and the promotional environment and who's going to be more aggressive and, and uh, um, how does this bode for holidays? I mean, what, what's the forecast here? Yeah, I think back to school will be pretty good um, relative to where we've seen it. it. It'll be very aggressive in pricing. Last year, inventories were iffy. Uh, they, you know, they were you know, oversupplied in certain areas and undersupplied in other areas. This is really the first year that I think they've got the merchandise they want with the lead times that they needed them. And I expect that you're going to see everybody be aggressive because they got to get through the merchandise. So I think the consumer will be the winner. Uh, you know, again, I think the pricing power of Amazon and Walmart probably trumps the, the you know, the convenience and shopping experience of Target. How would you um, stack up Walmart Plus versus Prime and whether or not Prime is taking away from excuse me, Walmart Plus is taking away from Prime subscribers? I think they're really two different plays. Um, you know, the Walmart Plus is really a, an intense loyalty program with, with Walmart shoppers in an attempt to bring in uh, new customers. Amazon Prime, you know, started out as a, as a shipping, a free shipping piece at $79 and has, and has gone up 76% in price. I think they're 139 bucks now. For membership and now you, you know they, they justify that with uh, prime video which by the way half the time you have to pay for the video anyway so I, I don't quite get it but I think they're different plays I think Amazon uh, Prime is this you know all-encompassing uh, trying to be this all-encompassing uh, you know self-contained universe and Walmart plus is really targeting Walmart and retail shoppers all right Bill always great to get your take thank you <clears throat> you bet Bill Simon uh, Katie Stockton, which chart looks the best in the retail world? Well, of those, I would say Amazon's probably the winner just because it has also that mega cap benefit of having turned around and exhibited very strong momentum and relative strength. And we're always looking for those relative outperformers. What we've noticed in this market environment that we're seeing a lot of basing phases. And when those basing phases are completed, we tend to see upside follow through. So that's the kind of setup that I'm interested in supplementing the longer term uptrends with. For the longer retail the business. <laughs> the, oh, like, yeah. Well, it's funny longer, you mentioned that because we, thought, we, were, we were talking about that on we're the We were talking about the Parthenon, that, every, that some of these people, like Carter exactly, Worth. Exactly, Katie's, the Parthenon of She's in the Parthenon, right too. right there, too. Yeah. With yeah. The, with the, uh, no question. But Louise, of course, Katie Carter. Louise can you have, Mata, three, who can gave you have three people in the Parthenon? That's why she's on the show. We wouldn't invite non-Parthenon people to the show. 
kind of Home Depot be. has a similar setup. If you look, you know, bearish to bullish reversal pattern. Home Depot now at a market multiple, which is cheap for them. And I think they report in the middle of August as well. That stock, that chart actually looks really good. And well, Costco had a breakout too. These are long-term formations that are being resolved to the upside. And I think that's what's different now than in the first half. We've got a market flash on Cody and Kim Kardashian. Let's get to Bertha ooh, Coombs with ooh. the story. Bertha. Uh, uh, Melissa, Kim Kardashian reportedly looking to buy back the 20% stake uh, a cosmetics firm Cody acquired in her beauty firm three years ago. That, according to the Wall Street Journal, citing unnamed sources. At the time, uh, the business, then known as KKW Holdings, was valued at about a billion dollars. Now called SKKN by Kim, Kardashian reportedly wants to expand the company's beauty offerings. Cody also invested in Kardashian's sister's beauty line, if you recall, paying about $600 million for a controlling stake in Kylie Jenner's cosmetics firm. How would she pay for this? Well, Kim K last summer also happened to launch a private equity business, SKKY. So that's likely where the fundraising is going to go first. Melissa? A lot of Ks. Uh, Bertha, thank you. <laughs> Bertha Coombs. Uh, Karen, what do you uh, make of this whole thing? Well, it's interesting. I mean, they do have a lot of debt. It's probably good for Cody if they can mm -hmm. get some cash. I don't know how integral the business was to the Cody story. Right. So you hope they're not selling, I don't know. Weakness the, out of weakness. Right. Or, yes, the crown jewel or mm -hmm. something like that. But I'm kind of impressed with Kim Kardashian, who is really building a, seems like a, a her own brand, obviously, is yeah. gigantic, but a private equity business that I think, uh, I mean, a lot of people want to work there. It's it's interesting. We won't, we'll refrain <laughs> from making, you know, Base jokes and rounding be, bottom why jokes why because it's just why would we, we do I, that? I've never been a part of that. But so. I'll say this, you know, Karen is a tech. Look at her trade in Ulta into earnings at the end of May. I mean, that stock bottomed out. You had that huge flush. Look at the bounce back in Ulta. This, I think, I think, might create a little tailwind for ULTA as well. All right, coming up, an industrial revolution. Well, an uprising at least. A couple industrial stocks hitting new 52-week highs. So do these titans of industry have more room to run? We'll debate that next. And later, from bottom to breakout, Katie's got a couple names she thinks are ready to jump off their newly formed bases. Don't go anywhere. Fast Money's back in Word two. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. 
Welcome back to Fast Money. Huge slate of industrial names hitting new highs today. FedEx, GE, Ingersoll, Rand, Rockwell Automation, Parker Hannafin among the high flyers. The sector as a whole has really broken out lately and up nearly 13% since just the start of June. Is this a sign that the market rally is broadening out? Uh, we've been sort of flagging this for a while, Tim. You're all excited about FedEx and, and a lot. Well, I, I think it's very interesting since we saw the relative uh, underperformance or the end of the queues and the semis outperforming the S&P right around June 1st. You've, you've actually seen, we talked about retail, it's done the best, but you've seen uh, the XLI up about 6.5% against the S&P. You've seen the IYT, so the transport's up about 8.5%. And, and, and to me, and look, we, we had FedEx numbers recently. I mean, it's a case, you talk about a GE, you talk about a FedEx, you talk about companies that people, a lot of investors and certainly the analyst community needed to see major changes before they really came around. Um, I think some of it is just the, the, the tailwind from the entire sector. Some of it is prices coming down, supply chain easing up, and, and valuations. I mean, we're at this place where you're rotating. So uh, FedEx is a story that I think continues to be uh, a bottom-up story of improvement and one that I'm having trouble at some point thinking about their macro. I don't think it's great. Yeah. A, lot of these a lot of these defense companies have become sort of industrial. Like Raytheon's the name we talk about, RTX. Look at the pattern there. Katie probably has seen this recently. They report, I think, next week on the 25th. But this stock continues to bang up against its all-time high, trading less than a market multiple. And they have a pretty interesting mix. So I think great, and they have great commercials. Have you seen those commercials? No, can With you With the jets it? flying? I get sick if I try to imitate it. I get motion sickness. But they're very cool. But Raytheon in earnings on the 25th is interesting here. How do the charts look, Katie? Good. Uh, so, in fact, we have an ETF, and we just added the industrial sector. So um, that's to leverage the momentum. It's to leverage the relative strength there, the newfound relative strength. And the industrial sector spider, XLI, has new all-time highs. And with that breakout, you tend to see upside follow through, at least in this environment we are. I always say there's nothing bearish about new highs. So as much as it's hard to buy into those, it's often the right thing to do. Uh, we're getting more questions from clients about the industrial names. So GE, Boeing, both today I got questions on. So I feel like there is a renewed interest, and it feels substantial to me. So United Rentals is yep. my main industrial play. I mean, since that bottom that Tim talked about where tech was everything, it, the stock was, I think, about $325. It's now $457. Nothing has happened in the underlying company of any great consequence. But just you could see how out of favor it was. Now, to your point, it's very in favor. It's getting it's a little bit away still from all-time high, but nothing's really changed. So to me, the, the multiple is still cheap. The, the story's still there. Infrastructure. Re, um, Reshoring. Reshoring. Mm -hmm. yeah. Bullish. There's a lot more Fast Money to come. Here's what's coming up next. Pharma flop. Stocks taking a hit on concerns weight loss drug users may not be sticking around as long as hoped. So will the prescription run out on this trade? The details ahead. Plus, Sun Valley shining bright. Media and tech execs coming together to discuss all things entertainment. And we're homing in on the digital ad space. Next, you're watching Fast Money, live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. We're back right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.
Welcome back to Fast Money. Weight loss drug makers Lilly and Novo Nordisk under pressure after new analysis found that only one-third of patients continue treatment beyond one year. The research from Prime Therapeutics also found that annual health care costs spiked nearly 60% after patients started treatment. Separately, European regulators are looking into the risks of suicidal thoughts by users of these drugs. Uh, Karen, you flagged the moves mm-hmm. lower, particularly in Lilly today. Yeah, both that and Novo Nordisk. Mm-hmm. Well, we were talking about it on our call. It was also this issue about whether or not lower dose uh, applications are available, which right. seemed kind There's of odd shortage. to me versus if higher dose is available. That would, you know, we talk about um, whether a sale is denied or delayed. Mm-hmm. I would think that would really be a delay, not a deny. But um, I had heard different, different, I mean, I'm sure Prime Therapeutics, they do, you know, it's a real business. So that is interesting because part of the bull story is you're going to be on this for life. And right. if a third of patients are on it for a year or less, that is kind of a big difference. We'll have to see how this plays out a little bit. Lily, I've sort of missed the last, I don't know how many points. Maybe I'll get a chance to buy it cheaper um, if there's a little more, I don't know, negative publicity around this. It's a long, a year is still a long time to be on it or, you know, however many months, given the cost. Yes, but it's about expectations about how big is this, how big is this Addressable market. But I mean, if you think about it, it, the the other side of that is if it's only a year and the broader health benefits that are not just, that come from weight loss, uh, and we've talked about that, it it, it maybe means that there's a bigger addressable market for this stuff so that you might have someone that's not necessarily obese or even that overweight, but doing a little bit. I, I think... You know, when you look at Lilly and you look at the multiple, I just get back to that. You know, on a trailing basis, and I typically we don't even care, why would we care about a trailing multiple? Um, but it gives you some relative perspective on what this company, you know, how far it's come. And it's trading 70 times trailing. Um, and so the presumption here is that it's a brave new world for this company. And, and it, it clearly is. They're in the two hottest parts of the market. But that is a lot of that is momentum. And, and I think it's still a lot of unknown. Yeah. Uh, Katie, you been watching biotech. I have. So the pharma, of course, have been under pressure because of the, the risk off, you know, sort of nature of those stocks typically. So that hasn't helped the likes of Lilly. But now, finally, we're starting to see some signs of life in biotech. And this is a brand new development. In fact, they looked lower just very recently. Uh, but just yesterday, they had one of their best days since April and May, depending on the benchmark. If we look at XBI and ETF in the space, it also has that kind of shape of a basing phase with a higher low. It doesn't yet have a breakout, but we have some short-term oversold indications there that are pretty widespread. And with just that one up day, it makes the charts feel better. So I'd be on sort of bracing for some breakouts there as positive catalysts. Amgen's had a pretty significant sell-off. We saw the sell-off in Eli Lilly in December. It had a, probably a $40, $50 sell-off. But you don't run from too far from you. If, if this was the only drug they had, there's a concern. Obviously, that's not the situation. Valuation is a concern, so it's sell first, ask questions later. But Amgen, if we could throw up a chart real quick, that's had a really significant drop down to levels that theoretically should be support into their earnings release, I think, in early August. So to Katie's point about Biotech, if you want to get a little granular, I think Amgen's pretty cool here. Coming up, live from Sun Valley, Idaho, the head of IAC, Joey Levin, will join us for a first on interview. What he says is in store for the digital ad market, that is next. Plus, overruled a major update in the Microsoft Activision saga. What the decision means for that deal when Fast Money returns. Get your trades to go with the Fast Money podcast. Catch us anytime, anywhere. Follow today on your favorite podcasting app. We're back right after this.
Welcome back to Fast Money. Stocks closing your session highs as investors await tomorrow's CPI report and the kickoff to earnings season. The Dow jumping more than 300 points. The S&P and Nasdaq both up about a half a percent. Shares of Boeing jumping after announcing June deliveries. The plane maker handing over 60 aircraft and racking up hundreds of new orders with Air India. That stock is now up 15% this year. And shares of Roku and Shopify both streaming higher after announcing a partnership. Roku users will be able to buy products directly through their TVs from Shopify merchants. Now to the Allen & Company Sun Valley Conference, where media execs like Disney's Bob Iger, Paramount CEO Bob Backish, and more are gathering this week. CNBC's Julia Borson is there now, sitting down with IAC CEO Joey Levin. Julia, take it away. Thanks so much, Melissa. Joey, thanks so much for joining us, kicking off the Sun Valley Conference with this interview. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. So we know that AI is going to be a huge focus of the conference this year. We just saw Sam Altman, who came in. We know there are going to be some panels addressing this topic. Your chair, the chair of IAC, Barry Diller, has spoken out against AI, saying it is bad for publishers such as IAC's Meredith. Talk to us about your perspective on AI and what it means for your business. Yeah, there's lots of great things that are going to happen with AI. One of them is not a positive impact on journalism, at least not not today, the way it's organized and the way they're presenting information. When you look at these interfaces, search was originally designed to find the best of the Internet, and these LLMs or GAI are designed to steal the best of the Internet, and so they're going to have to figure out how to make the UI work in a way that, that rewards content creators, rewards journalism, and rewards people uh, uh, who exist on the open Internet. So there's been some talk of the potential for IAC to be part of a coalition of publishers to, to fight this impact of AI and try to set some sort of ground rules. What are you working on right now? Uh, we're talking to everybody, as you'd imagine, and, and a lot of people have share the same thoughts and same concerns and, and trying to figure out the best path forward. I mean, wrangling a, a big group of people together on, on common goals is always challenging, and, but uh, I do think people are motivated to, to make sure that the, the journalism survives and, and thrives in this environment. You no, know, AI is certainly front of mind for regulators right now. What kind of regulation would you like to see? I think the, the, there needs to be a framework, as there has been in other contexts, for uh, rewarding the, the creators of content and making sure that there's an incentive system that continues to, to allow people who, who create content, like a copyright system, and that needs some updates, and, and that needs a, a system of payment that, that works for everybody. Beyond the dot dash Meredith business, IEC is a very broad conglomerate. You have Care.com, you have Angie's List, you have um, an investment in MGM, not Angie's, I just called Angie, it's That's not fair. Angie's List anymore. Um, how do you see AI as a tool to improve those businesses? Yeah, the the ability to find information in and in particular, like the one right answer is, I think, very, very useful in these tools. The, the issue is when there isn't one right answer and when there's many answers and you want many perspectives and you don't want a, a, a sort of singular monolithic response. You want a, a host of responses with that reflect taste, reflect demographics, reflect uh, different desires of different users. And that's, that is, is what, what we need to see out of journalism. On the, the other businesses, helping use these tools to get to the, the one right answer when there is one right answer, I think is, is really helpful. Like, like 
helping customer service um, deliver answers to customers or uh, helping our engineers uh, find the right uh, piece of code or things like that, I think is, is really helpful. Another timely topic here in Sun Valley is Amazon Prime Day. It's happening now and IEC Properties are a big partner of Amazon. What's your outlook for spending this Amazon Prime Day and what's your sense of consumer spending in general right now? Yeah, consumer spending still looks very good from what we can see and we're, we're really optimistic about Prime Day. We're, we're uh, uh, big partner for Amazon we, and we drive just generally a lot of commerce. I think there's there's over a billion dollars of commerce that flows directly through our platform and, and that part of the business has been very strong in, in terms of consumer spending and everywhere that we can see consumer spending seems to be pretty healthy right now. If consumer spending is healthy, what about the advertising market? We're still hearing about weakness. What are you seeing at your properties? Yeah, it's still a strange ju juxtaposition because you'd think that that would pair with, with a good ad market, but the ad market is still weak. I, I would say weak relative to recent history, but but stable, meaning it doesn't seem to be getting worse right now. Who knows as the, you know, things change in the economy. But, but right now it's sort of what, what our team has referred to as stable weakness, I think is, it seems to be the tune. Stable weakness. <laughs> we'll remember that one. Um, another topic that is front of mind because you've spoken out so many times against Google is the actions that Google and Meta are taking in Canada and the decision to block links from being shared because of some Canadian regulations um, about compensating publishers What's your take on those moves from these tech behemoths called the digital duopoly? And what do you think that means going forward about the way they're going to be handling the sharing of content and how that might impact revenue? I really hope they can work it out. I think it's a cowardly move to pull the content off the platforms. I have to imagine that there's a system that, that uh, these companies... Google and Meta are fantastic companies. They're they're incredibly well-run, strong, powerful companies, and they ought, I would think ought to be able to figure out a way to make that uh, work for all constituents. I I, I I would hope so, but I think that pulling their content would be a, a unfortunate and sort of cowardly outcome in that. Wow, Melissa, you want to jump in here? Yeah, uh, Joey. Going back to the health of the overall ad market, how quickly would you see advertisers? Turn the, turn the dial down or turn off the switch when it comes to buying advertising. I mean, if the economy turns quickly and we see the long and lagged effects of the, of Fed, of the Fed tightening, you know, quickly, will we see that uh, in results very quickly? It, it can happen very quickly. I mean, when we look to, to last year, it was around this time, like late Q2, that sort of people stopped spending, advertisers stopped spending very quickly. And so, that can, not, yes, is the short answer. It can happen quickly, but you know we don't see that happening. But but you know anything's possible. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. We'll let you get back to the conference. But Joey Levin, CEO of IEC, thanks so much for joining us today to talk ad spending, consumer spending, Amazon Prime, and so much more. Melissa, back over to you. Thank you. All right, Julia, thanks so much, and Joey, our thanks to you as well. Um, what do we think of the digital ad market? Well, let's talk about ISC real quick. I'm sorry, it's yeah. quickly. I mean, look at this stock. First of all, Investopedia, Caleb Silver. Yep. They own, I think, I'm pretty IAC, sure yeah. ISC owns mm -hmm. them. It's cheap here. And if you look at this stock, it's gotten crushed. But now it has this sort of, again, we talked about rounding bottoms and bearish to bullish formations. This happens to be one of them. If they can start to integrate these brands better, which they seemingly on the cusp of doing, this stock is just too cheap at current levels. How does that chart look to you? Well, it's surprising to me that it's cheap because you just have this very big up move mm -hmm. and fresh breakout, sort of a, a higher high, higher low setup. So it's quite attractive and it does follow a turnaround. So it's in fitting with that theme. 
Well, it's sometimes a, a holding company or a conglomerate. It's not a holding company, but trades at a discount. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of what's going on here. And I think people don't really know what to do with some of the pieces. Meanwhile, you know, Dot Dash is, is growing pretty quickly. And there's a view that there's economies of scale here. So uh, on valuation, there's no question. If you look at an EV EBITDA multiple um, on an EPS basis, it's hard to find. Ahead on Fast, we're going to go off the charts looking for some names to bounce higher this summer. Grab your pencil and paper because we've got a breakout list coming your way. But first, speaking of breakout, check out shares of Activision Blizzard today. Why is this gamer name surging higher? We've got some answers next. Welcome back to Fast Money. Some major deal news today. A federal judge in San Francisco denied the FTC's bid to stop Microsoft's $68.7 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard. This is a big step forward, but still the deal has to clear legal hurdles in the U.K. before it can go, actually go through. Karen, you're watching this. Does it matter to Microsoft? Uh, I mean, wait, wait, it, which part? The, Does the deal matter? Yeah, I mean, like at this yeah. point... Microsoft oh, is all juiced on AI, about, yes. and it's not necessarily about gaming or selling consoles or anything like. I mean, it's a, it's an important part of the business, right. but it's not. It's not the moving meat. the story in the short term, right. but they're you know thinking about this. This could be an important part of their business. One day, mm-hmm. the AI magic won't be there anymore, and so to continue to develop the parts of their business that they can. This makes sense. So I think the broader implication is. The FTC or, or yeah, antitrust so has swung so far, yeah. and this is really kind of a slap in the face. We've had a couple. There was the Time Warner deal to say, you know what, you're just kind of out of control. And so for all of the big tech companies, the idea of doing a merger like this, I mean, they tested it. I'm surprised they're, they're going to win, which seems like they are. They'll cut a deal with the U.K. Uh, maybe deals are back on the table for them. Yeah, which opens the gates to what, potentially? Well, I, Tim's going to probably say the same. Electronic Arts is on the verge of it's making the you all-time high. Yeah. It is. Okay. Apparently, it, it is in the takeover one would say. And, it, You know, I don't think it's all that expensive, given its history and given where some of the valuations are. So, Electronic Arts, EA, I believe, is still the symbol. I think that could trade higher from here, too. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. No, in fact, EA's been dead money and lost money for five years. And, and, and the valuation keeps kind of getting better, but the growth hasn't been there. At times, we've thought this was the answer within the media space because the interactivity of what's going on, um, except for these media companies can't afford it. I mean, that's the part of this. I mean, this this it's a Microsoft or it's an Amazon or it's, it's a mega cap tech company yeah. that could swallow this up in a second for the content. And that is still something, but it's not going to be traditional media. Yeah, and now maybe it's open. Right. So right. are there any, or whoever. Right, right. any holdings that you have that you would like to see make an acquisition? Like a Meta well, or I th- um, an Apple? Yeah, or- right. I, I Meta, um, I think, I mean, what was the deal? They just had blocked and unwound. Giphy, was it? A small deal, a yeah. tiny deal. But maybe, you know, there's going to be a, a land grab for AI yes. products. And uh, I think that's going to be where they're going to look. All right. One trader, one big in Activision's options today. Mike Coe's got the action there. Mike. Yeah. The merger arbs are active in the options of Activision, and they have been over the course of the last month or so. But it did trade more than seven times its average daily volume. Today was the third busiest stock overall. And the trade that really stuck out to me was a purchase of 2000 of the 85.90 call spreads that expire at the end of this week. They paid $1.20 for those, but they did so 10 minutes before the news hit the tape. So this thing was $600,000 to the good in just an hour after the trader purchased it. Uh, And to Guy's point, I want to say Electronic Arts also saw more than three times its average daily call volume. So it seems some options traders agree with him on that one. You said 10 minutes before the news hit the tape, Mike? 
Yes. Seems kind of suspicious. Mm. Well, you know, David Faber was saying that, uh, you know, they might expect a court ruling this week. He didn't expect it today, but said Wednesday or Thursday. This trade was a bet that paid three to one if they did announce in their favor. So uh, it could just be lucky timing. It could, could be. be. Mike, thanks. <laughs> Mike Co. For more options action, tune into the full show. That's Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Coming up, the with the word stock in her name, we couldn't <laughs> let Katie Stockton leave without giving us a few stock picks. She's got a list of names that could bounce higher. Stick around for that right after this break. More Fast Money in two. Welcome back to Fast Money. Stock staging a big run this year, but there are still lots of names more than 50% off their all-time highs. And Katie Stockton is taking a look at some stocks that appear to have based and are now breaking out. So let's start with the first one here. Coinbase surging 150% to start the year. There's still 75% off the high it made in 2021. What do you see here? And that perspective is important because this advance comes after what was a pretty prolonged trading range. And if you look at it, you've heard of probably a head and shoulders formation. Mm -hmm. And it's really describing the sort of relationship between support and resistance. This has an inverse head and shoulders formation and a breakout above the neckline. So to me, that's very promising. We are seeing better action, as you know, from the cryptocurrency market. Bitcoin itself has resistance just shy of 32,000. If that can get through, I think that could add extra value to that Coinbase breakout. All right. Next up, Zillow popping 10% today, bringing its gains for the year to 65%. Piper Sandler upgrading the stock to an overweight today, setting a more favorable setup for the housing trade. Still, shares are nearly uh, 75% off of their all-time high made in February 2021. I, I think Zillow is a good representation of the high-growth arena right now. If you look at, say, the RK ETF, a lot of these look very similar. So it seems to be more of a top-down move than anything else, but Zillow being a, a great way to play it. It bottomed in 2022, and it's just been kind of stair-stepping higher off of that low. Very gradual uptrend, but a gradual uptrend can be more sustainable. And finally, shares of Mattel jumping more than 20% in the last three months as hype builds around Barbie's theatrical release. Mm. I know, guys, Tim is very excited. (laughs) Still, the stock price is less than half of where it was a decade ago, Katie. Well, so this is a newer breakout, and it has the shape of a double bottom pattern. So this is when you have a successful test of support followed by improved momentum and seems to be around the movie. So we'll take it. It, it looks like a real breakout to me. Yeah. Do You, you don't own Mattel anymore. I own, Mat- I own all three of these companies, okay. actually. Oh, so and, you're happy and, to hear in, this. In, in Zillow's case, <laughs> actually traded it pretty well because it's obviously had a tough one. Coinbase, I'm underwater. Mattel, I'm perpetually underwater. And, and you know, Barbie is the savior. And again, digital presence, digital, to- I mean, you know, this company has yet to really transition into the, the modern land of, of a digital presence and really going with where their intellectual property is. And the new management team has promised a lot. Maybe we're getting it here. I thought of you, Karen, when I heard about the Zillow upgrade. Mm. Yes. Zillow, Zillow, which was the Z in my zombie from last year, <laughs> which with an I still own, zombie. which I still own. But unfortunately, I also owned it last year where right. it was bottoming out. <laughs> no, but I love the Zillow story. I think that, you know, we, we all know about the history of their disastrous foray into buying homes and what a terrible use of capital was and good for them for getting out. Now it's an asset light business and we're, we're seeing a lot of ex- sort of I don't know. I think some floor in home building. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're related to home sales, not necessarily new home sales. We also have a nice rental business. Uh, I think this management team has done a good job turning this around. Tim has the rugged looks of like a G.I. Joe, but mm-hmm. then the, the steely blue eyes of like a Ken. So he's some amalgam of that, uh, which why. I don't know what so, we're doing here. Which but makes perfect sense. No, why? Well, 
being honest. Very kind. What did we I talk think. about? In our, let's see if you're in my head. Let's just zen it real quick. Robinhood, you're right. And we talked about the beginning of June. We said, you know, this stock actually starting to look interesting. Then Mizuho said Robinhood is winning to Coinbase. Now, Coinbase has traded well. Robinhood's gone from like eight and a half bucks. I think it closed at almost 12 bucks today. And they report earnings in a couple weeks. So this is one with the momentum is absolutely shifted. Is that a breakout, Katie, in your view? I can't picture the chart, so oh, we have it up, right there. But I don't know oh. if that's okay. <laughs> I wish I had my glasses on. <laughs> Looks like a breakout to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but going back to the how you picked all these three stocks, it goes back to the notion, technical analysis, that you need, you want to see a long base. What is the expression that we all like to use? The longer the, longer the base, base, the higher the higher space. Space. Right, yeah, right. Louise. Some version of that. Louise right. That's Ralph Eckenpora and Louise Yamada, their mm-hmm. credit. And it's true. I mean, it gives it a chance to undergo accumulation. So typically when they move sideways, you'll start to see in the momentum gauges higher lows form. And that's your accumulation. It sets it up when sentiment does shift from a top-down perspective, like it has recently. That's where you get the breakouts. All right. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, Louise Yamada is one of the greats. We, we're fortunate she's to be able to bring people on, on this show yeah, who are a- legends at what they do. Yeah. And, and in terms of technical trading, and as a woman on Wall Street, she was a pioneer, and good for her. Yeah, absolutely. I know she's watching. She, 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 she is. She might be. Remember you before, like an hour ago, you said people eating dinner? That's Louise. <laughs> No doubt about it. Why would you say that? Oh, because I know. She's having dinner right now. She's like at an IHOP or something watching. I I'm sure that's where <laughs> she is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Up next, final trade. It's time for the final trade. So let's go around the horn. Tim Seymour. Great having Katie here today yeah. and yep. talking charts. Yeah. Um, the, the chart I'm following is interesting because for a while there it was really breaking out. But more importantly, the cash flow, I think, is starting to break out. And the airline industry should be a tell on what's going on with Boeing's business. Karen Feinerman. Yes. Yeah, so I think last time I was on, my final trade was J.P. Morgan going into banks. Also in the same space, Morgan Stamp. Katie Stockton. I have to say Microsoft. We all saw Apple break out to a new all-time high and see upside follow-through. It feels like Microsoft wants to follow its lead and go to new highs on the back burnings. By the way, great to have you here, Katie. Yes, thank you. Great to be here. Guy. Shout out to Kim, Kar- she, Kim Kardashian. She's a fan. Huge fan of the show. Especially more so, we've yeah. mentioned her name. Yeah. Med fans have not had a lot to cheer about out of Shea this year. And last night, well, the koala well, bear really let him down, Tim. At, I least, our guy was, at least our that, guy was in the game and playing and not on the on the reserve list. But I mean, maybe he might have. It doesn't really matter. He was well, eliminated just, extraordinarily like I, quick. I'm, I'm, but I'm just saying, you know, not a lot of baseball being played out in Flushing these days. But I'll tell you what looks interesting. We mentioned biotech earlier. Amgen looks like it wants to turn as opposed to the Mets. We're going nowhere, Tim. <laughs> ah, just get Thanks off the DL. Fast, money players. starts now. Yeah. All opinions expressed by the Fast Money participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information the Fast Money participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Fast Money Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Fast Money Disclaimer. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, 
The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. 